Hello everyone, you're listening to Game Rivals, a podcast where a Nintendo fan and a PlayStation fan talk about the latest games and happenings in the gaming community and industry. I'm one of your hosts, Maximilian X, and together with Sean Templar, we bring you this bi-weekly podcast about video games. And welcome back to another episode of The Game Rivals. I am your host, Maximilian X. Joining me, as always, is my lovely co-host and fellow game rival, Sean Templar. How are you hey, doing, Sean Templar? I'm doing fine. Thank you for asking. How are you today? I'm good, all things considering. I mean, we're in uh, we're in week two of the lockdown. Um, still playing games, still doing the things I love. And I don't have to go outside for it, so nothing has really changed. <laughs> <Happy> <laughs> <in that. laughs> yeah. How about you? You know, I don't deal as well with this because all like social stuff is not possible. So you can't go to the movies, can't go to the gym, can't go out dinner with people. Um, and I'm not a kind of guy that can play games for hours anymore. Like ten years ago, I could do it the whole day, but now it's like I play an hour two hours, maybe three hours. And then I'm like, meh, I just want to do something else. So a lot of people said, oh, you have this huge backlog. You can play. I'm like, yeah, I'm not really in the mood to do that. So I'm trying to get by and hopefully the situation passes fast. All right. That's cool. Well, um, before we get into things, I uh, have a small little announcement. We have a special co-star guest. Um Joining us for the first time ever. Uh, introduce yourself, Gizmo. Hey there, people. Um, thank you for having me, Sean Templer, uh, Maximilian X. Um, I'm Gizmo War. Um, so yeah, I'm. I've been gaming with uh, with a couple of times. Uh, sorry, Sean Templer, a couple of times. Uh, and um, yeah. So, and he, he asked me to to join the podcast once in a while, and um, this is my first time. So I'm really excited to do, to do that. Um, yeah, when it comes to games, I really I really like to play adventure games like uh, Jedi Fallen Order, nice. um, Horizon Zero oh, Dawn, Assassin's nice. Creed. Good stuff. And Good stuff. Um, when it comes to other games, RPGs, I really love like uh, yeah, Pokemon obviously or uh, Mass Effect. Oh. Nice. The first one, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to to join in on on this on this podcast uh, every once in a while and uh, see how that goes. So thanks for having me, guys. How are you? Yeah. So quarantine live is not treating you very well, um, Sean Templar. It's not. No. Uh, <laughs> I, I hope it's over fast because you know. Uh, yeah. It's, I don't know, man. I'm not made to stay inside, I guess, or at least stay, like, confined, to put it that way. No. Do you have a favorite game, by the I way? Mean, I really can imagine... I can really imagine that uh, Maximilian X is really having the time of oh, his life. Like, yeah. I don't have to go outside. Yeah. I don't have to interact with people. Yeah. yeah. Probably. <laughs> well, I do miss I do miss the, like, casual interaction with people, but um, Animal Crossing came out, so, you know... That, 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 He's that's now a solitary creature living in the dark. Like I, I got lucky because animals. I got lucky because our local, um, because our local gaming chain, um, Game Mania, closed their doors early, 
Um, so that means that people wouldn't be able to pick up their games on Friday. So on Wednesday, they invited us to pick up our pre-orders, which, yay. Um, and nice. This was for both Animal Crossing and Doom Eternal. So, you know, together, you know, as it should be, Doom Eternal. And Those Animal are Crossing. like the two, um, like, biggest most yeah, like yeah. Doom Eternal pulling <laughs> stuff apart, this, which I like, and taking care of animals and building an island and like gardening and yay. Yeah. And yet, if you've been online and you've seen the outpouring of both fan bases just making these very, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, Ah, dang it, I forgot the word. It was the simplest um, oh. Wholesome. Thank you. Wholesome, yeah. Very wholesome art of, you know, Doom Guy and uh, um, Isabel from Animal Crossing just coming together and just being all cutesy together. Or Isabel in the Doom Slayer uh, outfit just ripping everything to shreds. Or, or Doom Slayer just fishing along the side of a, of a river along with Isabel. That like be- these totally fun like stuff that the communities of both these two extremes have just come together and just created something very wholesome. something that even the developers have acknowledged. That would be such a weird queue though. You have people queuing up for animal crossing. I can imagine those are quite normal people. And then you have people who are way into doom and that could be very extreme people, like very dark and very, very, very gritty. And they're all queuing up and get a game. But what the fun thing would be is like one very gritty guy picks up Animal Crossing and one very cute little girl picks up fucking Doom Eternal. Like, I'll, I'll I'll send you I'll actually send you a fan art of something similar to that and you'll just you'll just think it's so hilarious. But I think that's the beauty of like, gaming. There's right? a lot of that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, 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 And especially in these times, it it, it brings you together without being with each other with and, uh, a ha- well, really... meter and a half distance, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's tops. Uh, but then again, yeah. yeah, I've I've had multiple friends come over to my island just to, you know, do stuff, chat, and yeah, just hang out. So yay! I have to make it a confession. I haven't played <laughs> Animal Crossing ever, so I have no clue how that works. But I can imagine that everything I've seen online is like very, um, yeah, very wholesome, and everybody gets together and and and. Yeah, spends time together even though they're way, way apart from each other. True, true, among other things. <laughs> Shall we uh, jump into the news? Because there's some really exciting stuff that uh, we could talk about. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff to talk about, um, which, despite the fact that everything that's been going on, we've been getting a lot of interesting news. Um so why didn't you kick it off, Sean? Because I think you have something very interesting to talk about. Oh boy, I've been waiting to talk about this one. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready for this? Oh, I'm drum ready. roll. <laughs> okay, so uh, in case you missed our bonus episode that came out last week, um, Sony did a deep dive as a response, I think, or at least it looked like a response to the Microsoft uh, Xbox Series X in-depth reveal. So quickly, Microsoft invited people over to their headquarters. People got to spend some time with the Xbox Series X, look at it from a hardware point of view. So literally, like, if they wanted to build the console from the components, they could. 
um, they could also play a few games. Um, it's ma mainly Xbox One titles, such as Gears of War 5, uh, but optimized for Series X. Uh, they showed two immense important features, the, the quick resume so that you can, for example, um, hibernate or put up to five games, I believe, into standby or four games. Four games into Four. into sleep, and then you can switch between these games at all times, even when you turn the console off, which is a really nice feature. And it's also like really quick resume, so it's not like that you have to wait thirty seconds for it to load. Um, they also showed the improvements that the SSD makes around loading times, which is super cool. Um, and then it was really silent in the Sony camp because the narrative had mainly been focused around Sony until Microsoft did this event. And so quickly, Sony came up with, um, hey, we're going to do a deep dive. Um, and we initially planned this for GDC, but since GDC is not happening, we'll do an online stream. Um, was it quickly, though? No, I, I, that, I think this was, like Sean was saying, this was meant yeah. for GDC. So instead of it being a stream, I think this was something that... the that Mark Cerny was going to do in front of yeah. a group of developers. And then you'd get the reporting from, uh, you know, gaming outlets like Kotaku and IGN yeah. and, and the like. But the, um, what, And what? since they didn't have that platform anywhere, they were like, you know what? Let's just share it with the world, which, okay, revise it. I, I know that you like, they're crunched for time, so they couldn't revise it, but do it anyways. Because what they did was, it's fine for me because I like the technical stuff of things. But I saw a lot of people saying that this was a very bad presentation. And yeah, from a consumer standpoint, I can see why this was a very bad or boring presentation. I think Gizmo wanted to say something. Yeah. Um, the thing is, when Microsoft did that deep dive, they already announced what the, what the machine would have. Like, it was like, it was already known and they just showed mm -hmm. how it worked um, with uh, some features were already in the Xbox One X, like the, the quick resume is very, uh, is already there, but it's just for one game. They, they just expanded it to four games, which is awesome. it's amazing. Um, but the thing from, from Sony was they announced the, the PlayStation 5, they announced the website, and then it was like complete radio silence until Microsoft did did their reveal mm -hmm. of the specs. And then Sony said, okay, yes, we will do reveal the specs during GDC and then we'll host an event and what whatnot. But then Microsoft threw a curveball and did that deep dive with Kotaku and Digital uh, Digital Foundry. So outsiders could have a perspective of the power of the Series X at yeah. this moment. Uh, and then it was like, um, Sony had to do something, even though they already pre-announced it that they do they would do something around GDC. But because Microsoft did those two segments in quite short a short time period, I think Sony just had to do something in within a week. In this case, they they did not have the time to wait until the GDC time slot because they, that would give Microsoft so much uh, headlines on all the game blocks that yeah. It would not benefit Sony in that in that case if they waited until their um, planned time. Slot. Yeah, I think in this yeah. case the tricky part is is that well Sony when they announced the PS5 last year they did the Wired magazine interview <laughs> and they 
drop did bits of what the console would do. So they would say, hey, it's going to support 4K, 120 frames. It's going to do 8K. We're going to have ray tracing. We're going to have these adaptive triggers. So like they announced little things that people already kind of knew now. And I think that the reason this event kind of took a different turn or at least different expectations is that it was a constant buildup of momentum. Like every week there was rumors or stuff around the PS5 and it was completely silent around Microsoft. So people would say, oh, the, the GPU is going to have so many teraflops or uh, the, the the games will be this. And because it was there was nothing, Sony kind of let those rumors spiral out of control. And then when they finally did something, it was completely different than what people expected. And that's why I think it has this kind of a negative effect because... Um, mm-hmm. People expected to see the box, the controller, and maybe some features, where, like kind of like what Microsoft did, and they didn't. They really did a technical deep dive. Um, the other side is, is that because they did this technical deep dive, they don't have to do anything around specs anymore, basically. So from now on, all the events or all the things they're going to talk about is going to be about games because they did the boring stuff and it's out of the way. Um, again, they might have taken a different approach or it would have been better if they did a different approach or at least show something instead of go really really deep dive because it was real techie and um i can't imagine mm, that your definitely. average joe doesn't either understand this or doesn't want this or is like yo just show me the games because that's why i buy the box i don't care about um variable frequencies in gpu and cpu speed or 12 channel uh ssds because um if there's one thing that really showed is that Sony put a lot of custom work into this. They said that they took a really developer-friendly approach. Um, and like the SSD is, is the fastest thing possible right now. I think it's even faster than mm-hmm. SSDs available in, in PCs. Um, yes, it's it's super cool. It has a strange storage size, 825 gigabytes, which is really strange. Um, the Xbox Series yeah. X will have a terabyte. Um, so like... Yeah. The, the, they built a lot of custom hardware, which is really cool. And in the end, it will benefit developers. But a lot of people are saying like, hey, but third parties won't be able to optimize it because they'll eventually just do the, 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 the general approach and they won't play into the specific parts of the consoles. I see two hands raised. Who wants to go first? <laughs> yeah, Maximilian, you go first. Yeah, so I want to bring up a little thing that some someone just made me realize uh, a day ago is that the 825 gigabyte uh, storage in the PlayStation 5 is not going to be 825 yeah, for you because An there's going to be the OS yeah. running on it and that means you're going to have less than that. I think if so, you get 750, that's generous. Yeah, It'll be generous. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the other side. Like I they said so that, and that's really cool. The, you can expand the storage by using an M2, M.2 SSD, which is widely available. And the only requirement they have is that they're like, okay, but it needs to rival the speed of the internal drive. Otherwise, it's going to be a bottleneck. And to counteract it, they said, okay, we're going to test a lot of drives. And it'll probably be a little bit after launch, but we're going to test a lot of internal drives. And we're going to tell you which drives we recommend you to buy. Uh, because that's the best performance. And from that point of view, I'm like, hey, this is really cool. They also said, like, don't go hoarding M2 drives right now because they might not work. Um, so that's really nice that they're going to take that approach. Ismo, you had a... Well, yeah, yeah. Thanks, John. Um, 
what what I really find interesting is that uh, you're, you're really you're focusing on the fact that Sony really did custom uh, custom build the the hardware in the in the PlayStation Five. Microsoft took the so the same approach, but they also said that they worked closely with I think um, SanDisk to build a build a custom SSD expand expansion hard drive, yeah. which made with which made uh, your Xbox One Series X up to two terabytes of storage space, which oh, was also it's a very Seagate. a Seagate, yeah. Seagate, yeah. which is also yeah everything they do is of course custom. Uh, the the, the mm-hmm. GPU is custom, and um, and what I, I I don't know if it was the head engineer of Sony that said it, but they kind of defended the fact that on paper the PlayStation Five isn't as powerful as mm-hmm. the Series X. He, he or one of the other engineers said, but it really matters what you do with uh, with the power you yeah. have. And I really, it, it, it can go both ways. It, it can go um, the, the positive way, like, okay, we believe in Sony and, and their first, uh, uh, first party developers to pull everything out of the PlayStation mm-hmm. 5. Or it could be like, yeah, we know that we're a bit, a bit that we are less powerful in comparison to the uh, the Series X, but um, yeah, we, we just have to make do. So I'm really, I'm really wondering how what you already touched upon, are the third-party developers will make use of trying to to pull everything out of both the Series X as and the PS5. I think it's a valid point, and I think like I think the answer to that, at least from my point of view, will be two parts. One part is, for example, in the situation that we're right now, the um, series, the Xbox One X is faster than the PS4 Pro. But even besides that, we're still seeing that games on PlayStation look amazing. So if you grab a God of War, if you grab a Horizon Zero Dawn, I think both games, and I think maybe Horizon Zero Dawn even more, shows the immense possibility of what the PS4 can do or the Pro can do because they're using checkerboard 4K and it really, really looks nice. I think that with mm-hmm. um, Death Stranding, for example, is also a game that runs on the on the Decima engine. It is amazing. Maximilian, do you have something you want to add? I see you waving your hand. Um, not, not, man. Okay. I totally so, agree. Yeah. It's like... I mean, just I mean the the only the only linchpin, of course, with the PlayStation Four is that if you're playing all those fancy games, it makes your PlayStation sound. Ah, I have a solution for that, which I will share in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, but other than that, I the 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 thing about the power um, is something that I admire mm-hmm. a lot because um, there are other in the past. This, this has been like Nintendo's all alma mater all along is that just because you don't have the power to produce like the most fanciest of graphics doesn't necessarily mean that you have the um what do you call it again um the, the uh-huh. worst games or anything like some of the best games were on DS in my opinion like at least when it comes especially to jrpgs they had like some of the really groundbreaking stuff on there um but also even like now like if you look at switch it's not the strongest of the three current consoles yet for some reason it's selling I would my top seriously case. pay top dollar so, to get 
uh, Zelda on PS4 or on PS5. Like if if they brought it out and they said you have to pay 120 bucks to play this game, I would say take my money, man, because that's I'm gonna be honest, that's an amazing game. It, it'll never <laughs> it happen, but uh, you know I, that's why I'm hoping. That's oh, why I'm, I'm hoping for Horizon Zero Dawn too. <laughs> that's kind of like my Zelda. Um, but yeah. like, and but also going into like the developers uh, utilizing it, third parties. And this might sound like a really selfish answer, but if we like really look at it from a black and white point of view, I think is what we have now is like at the end of the day, the first parties will squeeze every drop of, uh, of power out of the console and they will truly show you why you need to have either a PS5 or a Series X because they will use everything in there. The audio engine, the triggers, the variable frequencies and all the, the bells and whistles, they'll show you like this is the reason why you need either a Series X or a PS5. As, as for third parties, mm. I mean, generally... People buy games on third parties. If, for example, if let's take Call of Duty, I'm not going to buy Call of Duty on a PS5 or on a Series X because it's prettier on one of the two or it uses more of a feature set. I'm going to buy that game on the platform that has most of my friends on it because I want to play multiplayer. And of course, now with crossplay, maybe that argument is kind of fading away. The funny thing is, is I I don't let's have hope. people. I don't know a lot of people that have an Xbox. So I'll still go with PlayStation. So like in the end, what what will probably happen is uh, I think that Red Dead Redemption 2 is a perfect example. That game runs in four in native 4K on Xbox One X, as, uh, as as Rockstar said, and on PS4 it's checkerboard. The game still looks amazing, and I still am enjoy. At least I enjoyed it when I was playing it. It's not like that. I want to run out buy an Xbox One X because I really need that native 4K. So in the end of the day, no. developers might might choose the most simple and easiest way, or third parties will do that. I'm completely fine with that. I don't buy my PlayStation for the third party games. I buy it for games as God of War, Uncharted, Horizon Zero Dawn, Ghost of Tsushima, Last of Us. Those are the reasons why I buy a certain platform. So if the third parties won't utilize it, yeah, okay, it's cool that it's on Xbox. It's prettier on Series X, but that's not a compelling argument for me to buy it because otherwise I would have bought a one X by now and I haven't. Okay. Yeah. I understand that. But the, the most interesting part for, for us as consumer for now is going to be, what's going to be the pricing oh my though? God. Because Ooh. that, that's going to be, that's going to be, <laughs> yeah, nobody knows, but that's going to be very decisive whether, um, yeah, which, which one of the two will come on top because that was the whole, I feel that that was the biggest mistake Microsoft made the last gen is to put it hundred dollars above the PlayStation Four, but make the you mean argument outside the fact that they forced you to buy a connect with it as well. Yeah, that that's what I that's what I was getting at. They said it's a hundred dollars more, but you're gonna get the most advanced camera in the Xbox One. <laughs> I I did enjoy that though. I I had to connect, and it was like it was amazing that. When you get home, you just set Xbox on, and you heard bloop <laughs> in your living room, and you see your TV turn it on, and you, you can sit down and game. Right I remember, away. but nowadays it. <laughs> I remember at the the first Microsoft event that they showed off the Xbox One. Uh, Patrick Sutherland, who doesn't work anymore, he doesn't work at EA anymore, but he used to work at EA. He was this uh, kind of like uh, the Herman Hulst of EA. 
managing all those studios yeah, yeah. and he was showing battlefield mm. uh four for the first time running on xbox one x and the demo froze so a lot of people in the audience were booing and then one guy just shouted xbox off and they, luckily they quickly switched <laughs> i don't think they had a connect connected to it but they switched to a different demo and they showed it but the fact that people were mocking that so badly it was like Oh man, this is gonna end so badly for them. And then Petra Sutherland was getting annoyed, so he was like, "Hey man, shut up, man. Hey, be quiet." It was like being that to the audience. I'm like, "Whoa, that's not really cool to say, man." Yeah, but that that <laughs> presentation was, I think, top three worst reviews of consoles in history of everything. Yeah, yeah. it was. They were recovering from the Don Metric uh, era, so yeah. I think pricing is like yeah, really yeah. important. Um, to be honest, because the PS5 is slower on paper, um, I think this might be able to be an option for them to bring the price down. So um, I don't think it's going to be four ninety nine. I think it's going to be four forty nine at the max. I think they're aiming for three ninety nine. I think the Xbox One is going Series X is going to be four ninety nine because of all the sheer power in there. And yeah, I mean they can't afford to sell it at a loss, but I don't think they want to. Um, Mm. Yeah, we'll see. Sony said that they were not going. They were doing their darnest not to sell out of the loss. So, I honestly don't think that it's going to be four forty nine. I honestly think that the PlayStation Five is going to be for. Uh, they said that uh, Mark Sony said that they're going to sell it at the, a price that consumers are willing to pay for it. And I think that Microsoft showed that yeah, four ninety nine. Four ninety nine is the yeah. limit. Four ninety nine. If people are willing to buy Xbox One X at four ninety nine, then I'm pretty sure they'll be willing to pay for next gen for the same cost and they already broke down all the parts right i think ign or kotaku did did a did a, a article on that how much would it cost to build a custom built pc with these components and just with the gpu and cpu they were already on 700 something dollars yeah. and then without the, without the audio board without the casing yeah. so uh a, a, a custom built yeah, PC a, of this specs would be around fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars. So I know. Yeah, but that's always the case because it's PC and you know the parts. Yeah, are but different. like if you build True, something, but, uh, Gimo is right. I mean, if if yeah, I mean if you're going for something similar in I, power, I mean, sure. like I built a PC last summer. I said this before, and I can run everything at four K sixty at the cost of it spending it costing me fifteen hundred euros. So like, and that's something people forget, yeah. which which is really arg good argument Gizmo makes is that people should realize that. Even if it's four ninety nine, it's a bargain for what you're getting because it's yeah. either that or fifteen hundred euros on a custom built game PC. Yeah, exactly. Without a and screen. a mouse and a keyboard. Yeah, like I bought a I bought a yeah. separate screen. It's also like three hundred bucks, so it's almost like eighteen hundred bucks. Yeah, and a yeah. TV you already have. So yeah. that's people. I think it's going to be both going to be around four ninety nine, maybe. I think Sony's going to announce pricing after Microsoft because they're going to wait for Microsoft to do their event and then hopefully they'll try mm -hmm. to stab them. Like they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this. You do 499, we do 499 or whatever. <laughs> I, I think it's going to be something like that again. Yeah, but that, yeah. that could show also a bit like a sign of weakness. Like, oh, let's see what yeah. the big guy is going to do. Again, well, like it's, it's, a, it's a reaction in, in, instead of a, a preemptive something it, it would it would um paint sony a better picture if they said okay this is what it is we're gonna show a tech demo we're gonna sh show the games and this is the price and then like like what microsoft did like 
come out of the come out of the blue with an yeah. announcement, and that would give them uh, so much more positive uh, headlines instead of like, oh, look at Sony doing their thing after yep. Microsoft yep. again. And the only talk of the town is now is the SSD. I mean, like, yeah, we know that there's a super fast SSD in it, but I mean, I read an article yesterday in which they yeah. literally said a developer said. This SSD is so fast, it might even help us prevent crunch. We're like, what? Or make crunch less. I'm like, okay, that's pretty far-fetched. Yeah. But apparently, in the later stages... I want to yeah, know so how that works. What he explained was, in the later stages of gaming, when you're almost done with game development, you focus a lot of resources on optimization and bug solving and stuff like that. And apparently, in that process, because that you're focused on optimization, a lot of bugs appear... So because they don't have to spend so much time optimizing the game because the SSD is so fast, it will, it will save them time because they don't have to focus a lot of bug, on bug fixing related to optimization. Like, I understand that. It sounds really utopian, but I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I, mean, I guess we'll... Well, I mean, we'll see, of course, but uh, let's not forget, we are still in that in a really weird place so we don't even know how much of an impact this has on their marketing time frame Probably a lot. um we don't know if i'm assuming that it has a big enough impact they might delay certain announcements because they don't have the people to you know plan for it so i don't know i yeah. guess time will tell um so we spent a lot of time talking about this playstation thing <laughs> um, I think yeah. it's yeah. a lot. It, it's it, it's of course a lot yeah. of info, and and it's it's going to be the talk of the town for the next. Maybe, couple of maybe months, also of because course, there's not strange. a lot going on in the game industry right now. So then, like we grasp this 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 next gen thing like really <laughs> with six hands because you know we really want a new console. <laughs> I mean, maybe when we get to May or like even next month, Final Fantasy comes out, so that'll be a next. And then the month Ooh. after last oh, yeah. comes out, and we'll talk about that. And the month after that, we get Ghost of Tsushima. So, like, slowly, bit by bit, we are getting these good games. <laughs> it's like they're rationing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, let's continue onwards. Um, oh, wait, there is one more thing that we forgot to talk about, which is probably something that is very in contention with uh, Xbox in general, what PlayStation seems to be fumbling at is backwards compatibility yeah because there was a lot of confusion about the backwards compatibility with the playstation 5 the way they explained it and what mike mark cerny was talking about that they were optimizing the top 100 games that would be used for backwards yeah, compatibility. So I think that that's kind of the problem. They kind of shot themselves in their own foot is that because they built so much custom hardware so they literally said that the SSD is so fast that um, it's instant. So when you fast travel, it's so fast that you might not even notice that you fast travel because it's in the blink of an eye and that they might actually have to slow it down so that you realize that you're fast traveling. Otherwise, it's like you're teleporting or what was it called in Dragon Ball Z? Instant translation. That's, yeah, that's, that's the whole idea, right? Yeah, but like, I, that's the whole idea of fast yeah. traveling. Yeah, but the problem that. seems to be that that interferes with backwards compatibility yeah, so like, of games. So unless they're optimized, yeah. that they're saying. But then they made a blog post update where they said, oh, what, what 
Mike Sterling means that we've been testing games and like at the very least the top 100 uh, most played games will work at launch. And we're going to make sure that at least um, the majority of the library of PlayStation 4 works on day one. But there's, they might be still working on optimization in between yeah. that. So, yeah, so like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I understand that it looks strange because Microsoft has said, oh, we have backwards compatibility. We don't know if Microsoft has the same issues or not. Um, no, I don't, I don't think, think so because so. they already have experience. They had backwards compatibility on the 360 and they developed it into the Xbox One with the 360 games yeah. in it. So, Exactly. The, the step for for Microsoft to uh, to do backwards compatibility on the Series X is not that big as it is but for like, Sony. They also have everything SSD, that Sony has right? with PlayStation won't, now. Won't that SSD yeah. cause the same issues on the Xbox that it's also caused on the PlayStation? I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't think, think so because they're doing emul- emulation. Yeah, what you mean, Sony? That and no, Microsoft is doing emulation. Yeah. Like all the games. That all the Xbox 360 games and Xbox yeah. original games. Oh yeah, emulated. I know. But like the yeah. Xbox One games in particular, that's what I'm talking about. Like, won't those games suffer no. from the same issue? Because basically, what the PlayStation Five is going to do is is run is going to run at different clock speeds. So either you're going to have a PS4, you're going to basically have a PS4 Pro and a PS4 in the same box, uh, because the the processor is going to just throttle down to match that speed. Um, Oh, it's not gonna... Yeah, but that's not, but that's not how emulation works. Emulation just runs it at the speeds. The the software runs at a speed that is required for that game. It might be a, it might be a bit faster so that loading times are shorter, but other than that, it's not messing with the game code. Like they might do some um some software uh, optimization on the graphic side, which what they talked about. Um, even even Xbox original games will have HDR support from the get-go, but that's all done within software. So you don't have to worry about it going too fast or not being able to run. They just have to make the... They just have to make... Oh, what's the... Ah, dang it. What's the technical term for it again? They make a casing a around the game so that it thinks that it's running... Thank yeah. you, a framework. So that it thinks that it's running on an original Xbox. Like if you've done backwards compatibility on an Xbox, uh, an, on an Xbox One before, you'll see that it opens the the blade system from the 360 or the interface oh, wow. of the original Xbox when you're that's playing nice. such games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and that's the so that's, that's the so, so they're fine. It's yeah. it's Sony that needs to work yeah, on that part. So that we can finally get PlayStation One, and PlayStation Two, and PlayStation Three games, and I can finally finish Tales of Destiny. Because I think Sony is working I, with I, all the the thousands of people they have just to fulfill your specific wish. Yeah, I they think bet. so too. <laughs> <laughs> they probably listen to this podcast God. and like, "Whoa, this guy! We oh need to fi- we need to fix this for this guy. I mean, he needs to fi- finish one of his JRPGs. We need to do this." Sony assemble and then bam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, I think that what Google's um, wishes is that PlayStation One, PS Two, and PS Three games going to be backwards compatible. I think that's going to be a a very big stretch for Sony to do at the moment. They they don't have any experience with that at all. Yep. They put it all in PlayStation um, now. Yeah. And mm. that worked well. 
Yeah, they said they're going to do more <laughs> LPS now. So, yeah. I mean, like, that's not one of their best services, to be honest. No. But, yeah, yeah. then again, we will see how they will, yeah, I'm going to say recover from this marketing mayhem they had. I think they'll themselves. recover because they'll show off uh, Horizon Zero Dawn 2 and they'll show off some other stuff, maybe Gran Turismo 6. So, like, from a gaming point of view, I think they're secure and locked down. I just think that from a features point of view, they need to... Yeah, I mean, like, they need to show quick resume like Microsoft has. They need to show some feature in there that's going to be like, okay, wow, this is super cool. This is the reason why I want a PlayStation. Because the games, I mean, like, they're fine with that. I mean, I don't worry about that. But it's like, they can't say, like, there's a gaming box and you can play games on it. That's it. That's yeah. It. <laughs> and you have yeah. Netflix on it. Yeah. Yeah. I think... Uh, well, assuming that they'll have oh, Netflix on it. They're actually doing 4K UHD Blu-rays as well on this one, which they didn't do on the PS4. Yeah, Pro. or to be more specific, on the PS4 the Pro. PS4 doesn't support... Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because Xbox One X was the one that supported 4K, and yeah, the One yeah, S yeah. is the one that... Yeah, so uh, yeah. happy days to those guys. Uh, I think uh, Gizmo had the one... Yeah, all, 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 final, all five of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Gizmo, I think you had one last article around Formula One and sports in general. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like the rest of the world, we are on are in quarantine and quarantine, my bad. Um, and that doesn't only affect the gaming world. It also also affects the sporting world. Yep. And um, some some sports have found a way to tackle this issue by not doing it in real life but to simulate it in game and yeah um and one of the 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 articles i found about that was that past weekend formula one simulated a race in bahrain with a couple of formula one racers and and formula two racers to just give those people uh, the fans that of, of the Formula One, something to look forward to. And I believe that they did it for the NBA and uh, Football Association yeah. as well. So, um, Yeah, that's it, pretty cool. Yeah, that, that something that we play normally in, in our daily lives has been implemented into a, a larger stadium. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm curious about one thing, though. So... Those simulated races, are they just like friendlies or do they actually count towards the season? I don't think no, they're they're friendlies, they are pretty yeah, accurate. Because I think if they count it towards yeah, the season, like not strange. all the drivers are in there. I mean, yesterday it was Nico Hockenberg, yeah. Lando Norris, Stoffel Van Dorn uh, that I saw. And there were also some esports mm. racers in there. Yeah. Ah. Okay. Yeah. And that, that and some some random po- yeah some random people like uh, Liam Payne, uh, who's a singer and uh, uh, wow yeah, uh, okay. golfer <laughs> and and um, uh, a, a bike bike gold medalist like people who just enjoyed playing the game just joined in. But it was fun to see that uh, the professional races also participated in in something they don't yeah. have to. Yeah. It was really. It was. A bit strange, but at the same time, because the um, 
the way the, the, the race was, is it was not that the guy driving the Mercedes was number one. At least when I looked at it, it was not the happening. It was actually that the guy that was driving the Mercedes was really down on the rankings. So it's not like that. So it's, of course, the car matters. But if you're not as good as a driver, then it doesn't matter if you have the fastest car. If you suck at driving, you still won't be able to pull in first. Yeah. So it's cool to see that. And that's also with <laughs> esports in general. I've, I've watched the Formula One esports things. Is that like sometimes teams like Williams actually win a race, whereas Williams are in real Formula One is maybe like, unfortunately, the worst team to be at right now from a car point of view. So um, it's really cool to see that that, that balance completely changes. Yeah, it really gets <laughs> yeah. It it really puts you down on how good yeah. you are, in 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 reacting to certain situations and 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 not being limited by your car. Yeah. It's really nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really cool. Um, I hope they keep doing this stuff, and it leads to world peace. So you know, a plus on that. Oh, aren't you a Miss uh, Pageant uh, World Miss Universe? <laughs> I, I want you world yeah. peace. <laughs> What? Real peace is a good uh, aspiration yeah. to have. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, there are a few things that I do want to touch base on before I move on to uh, what we've been playing. Um, so for the longest while, up until actually really recently, um, GameStop in the U.S. Um, has been open during a pandemic, which is bad considering the fact that, you know, that's how pandemics get worse. Um, but finally, finally, someone actually had the good sense to tell them that, you know what, just just, just close. People could go home. You can, you can buy your games online. You can download them. Doesn't matter. You can smoke signal them. You'll still get them somehow. So they finally closed. They're finally closing GameStop. So yeah, they consider themselves essential um, retail. Yeah, I mean, oh, I would do that too. Like, I love gaming, but yeah. please don't do that. You're just giving well, maybe gaming that's because a bad they're name. on the verge of bankruptcy. And I, and I, yeah. I mean, I know they're desperate, but come on, man, show some goodwill at least. And didn't but, they yeah. have some backlash from their employees as well? Like, okay, oh, they get backlash from everybody. Like, we're fine being open, but then just provide us with the necessary. Um, precautions True. so we don't yeah. get you know, we don't get sick but they did which they sounds didn't like do. Reggie Philomay just stepped onto the Titanic thinking oh this is going to be a quick breeze to New York and somebody forgot to tell him captain we've just hit an iceberg well... we're going down and he's like oh crap I just stepped on the wrong boat <laughs> and the captain always <laughs> goes down with the ship so <laughs> and then uh, I mean, he's on the board of directors, so he's not doing the day-to-day -day stuff, but I'm pretty sure that he's willing to give advice when advice is needed. Yeah, like so, close up? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at least they're closing, so hopefully that will at least hamper the spread more. Um, there are some stores that still refuse to close, but... Uh, they're dumbass. Yeah, true. Um, I think... Let's end it on that one. There was more that I wanted to talk about, but otherwise this is going to be a really long episode. Plus we can save it for the next time. Um, so stick around, guys, and we'll be right back with what we've been playing.
Alrighty, welcome back everybody to our second segment. What have we have been playing? I'll ask Gizmo in this case, since he's our special guest, to start us off. What have you I, been playing? I feel so special. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> um, well, the funny thing is, even though we're on lockdown, I haven't played a lot, but the game I have been playing is Jedi Fallen Order. Yay. And nice. it's nice. It's really, really good. I, yeah. I think Respawn did a very good job um, creating a new world within an existing world. And I think this is going to be rare, but I think I'm going to applaud EA for letting Respawn do do their thing without um, <laughs> getting happen. involved. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't that happen a lot, often. but um, that that's something that Respawn... Uh, developers said like okay EA came to us and said like you do you we don't infer too much but we just want to have you have the game finished by then but they didn't push for um in-game currency or or pay to win um uh, tactics and I really love that and it really shows that it's it's kind of a, a pet project for respawn and entertainment and um, mm -hmm. yeah it's yeah it's it's a good story uh, it's not the best story though, but it's a good story, and uh, yeah, they did a very good job implementing a lot of Star Wars uh, canon canon into the into the game already, and that's that's really good. And I, I can't wait. Gameplay? It's it's smooth, even though I die a lot, but it's smooth. Um, uh, I heard it, they compared with Dark Souls a lot. Yeah, I haven't Have played, played Dark Souls, but. Yeah, but have you played Dark Souls, uh, Gizmo? I've touched up on a little bit, but yeah, it's... it's... Would you, so would you compare it to that then? Um, I think I would compare it more to The Witcher, as in how oh. the flow goes, um, uh, especially like The Witcher 2, um, because you really have to, to time it perfectly to not... Um, like. When you when you play the game, you have the 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 easy guys like the stormtroopers, and then you have the the uh, shock troopers, and so forth, and so forth. Um, and the further you get, the 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 harder the the troopers get, and then you really have to be on point with dodging and and using your powers, and and that's really it. Really ties into uh, how the Witcher two had had a game, uh, the, yeah, the the fight flow. So I don't think it's, yeah, maybe it's a Dark Souls, but I haven't played Dark Souls a lot. I've played The Witcher more, and I was like, hmm, this is more like The Witcher. And uh, I think a lot of developers like that kind of uh, fighting sequences because Assassin's Creed stepped onto that band bandwagon as well with uh, Assassin's Creed Origins and uh, mm -hmm. Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Yeah. Um, which really benefited the gameplay in in, uh, in those last two games from from the Assassin's Creed franchise. I think that that the way how The Witcher put it set it up is going to be the 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 way forward for a lot of adventure adventure uh, action games. Cool. I think uh, at least that's I I have I haven't played it a lot. Fallen Order, but like the the thing that popped into my mind was it really feels like uncharted slash god of war meets dark souls uh and maybe it's also mm. because the game director made god of war 3 so uh 
that might tie into it as well. That helps. Yeah, but it just really just feels so nice. And as, as uh, Gizmo said, it's so smooth. I mean, like you can use the force powers and you can use the lightsaber. And you can deflect stuff. It, you really feel like a Jedi. They'll nail the feeling around being a Jedi. And I really love that. It's unfortunate that I lend it out to someone else that I can't play it right now. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have been playing it right now. And I asked Gizmo specifically not to mention it too much because I'm still I I haven't I'm not as far as he is. You don't want to. You don't want spoilers. No, yeah, I don't want spoilers. No so spoilers I'm kind of limiting now. him. So I, I see <laughs> yeah. that it's really difficult for him. Yeah, but to see, like that's be... why I asked him like, what's the gameplay? Like? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I I know how how enthusiastic he can be. You know, like he's really limited right now because he's yeah. like I can't I can't spoil it. So that's that's on me. Sorry for that. Yeah, that's fine. But yeah, but definitely worth the game. Your... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's great to hear that you're enjoying the game. Have you played something else? Well, um, you have a Switch, so it's okay to mention Switch games. No, I've um, I had my Xbox connected to my TV again, not okay. a Switch, um, and I've tried to get into Shadow of War again, but um, ah, I love that game. Yeah, it's it's, Wait, it's Shadow of War or Shadow of Mordor is the one that you love. I love no, them both, I, but I don't like get a gripe with the second one just because yeah. of the ending. Yeah, oh, okay. I, spo- no spoilers for me, please, because I've, oh, I yeah, yeah, not, yeah. I'm not there yet. But <laughs> um, yeah, I've, I've already had like 80 hours into the game and I'm like still less than, half, less than halfway there because I'm really what? exploring the whole thing and I'm trying to uh, grind myself up onto a level and then I, and then I feel, uh, then I see that I still really, really really bad at the game and still not powerful enough so i'm not i don't want to i'm gonna play fallen order but yeah that's (laughs) (laughs) that's a strange approach like Uh, grind yourself to a high level i'm still not good enough okay (laughs) never mind (laughs) yeah it's like "Mm, it's not good enough no but are you uh, yeah, yeah like like uh sean said shadow of mortar doesn't didn't give me the 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 power of like I'm really powerful, and Fallen Order did that. So I was like, mm, I just want to be yeah. like the the baddest mother ever in in this world. And Shadow of Mortar didn't give me that feeling, so I I switched back to uh, Fallen Order. Hmm. Are you playing it on um, uh, the the old Xbox, Xbox One? X. Game, games games for Xbox or yeah, no no I, I think it was for both. Uh, G- game Pass. No, no, I just have it physically, so... Uh, oh, okay. You, I, you I don't have... Uh, no, I'm still... Uh, I still have to do that, though, but... I, I, I'm one of those people who really likes the, the, the game's physical. I really uh, want to have the box. I really want to have the CD and, and those stuff. And, he uh, always buys the... At least for Assassin's Creed, he always used to do that. Buy, like, the, the Ultra Edition where he gets the statue and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Really cool. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. That's like I mean, my one in, once in a year. In these times, I think you might you might want to try it though. Yeah. It'll it'll op- it'll broaden your horizons. It sure did mine. Well, when it comes to indie games, I get that because one of the games I'm really looking forward to is Ori and the Will of Wisp, for mm, yeah. for the Xbox. Yeah, uh, yeah I saw so, that uh, game yeah. is gorgeous. It's the first one was breathtaking, and I just can't wait to get my hands on the second one. Mm. So yeah, even though in these times I'm just playing two games. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's not like I've been playing a lot. <laughs> no, well, Sean Templar, what have you been playing? So, 
I finally finished Death Stranding. Ooh, yeah, good for after, you. Uh, about it. after 42 hours, my journey as a mailman came to an end. Oh. Um, <laughs> okay, you make it sound like your character died. No, 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 no. So um, I, I still stand by that it's my game of the year of 2019, and I didn't expect it. And it's because uh, there weren't a lot of great games in 2019, at least not that I can think of. <laughs> but because it's just so... It's just so vague, and I love that because I was constant. And I mentioned this before. I was constantly motivated by figuring out why it was so vague. Um, mm. I do get some answers towards the end, um, some twists in there that I didn't see coming. And at the same time, I kind of don't understand. It's almost like an episode of Westworld that you have to watch ten times before you understand it. Um, so the game is based around 15 chapters. The last two chapters are more like cutscenes or like small tidbits of gameplay in there and a lot of watching. Um, it gives you a lot more background on why certain things happen. Because, for example, when you have your BB and you you go to a, um, your private room to rest when you head out into the world, you kind of sync up with your BB by plugging in some cable that's connected to you to the bb and then you get like flashbacks of what the bb used to see before he met you uh, and that's where you kind of see mads mickle's character uh, cliff but you're always like seeing it from bb's point of view so you're in this tank and you're looking at what's supposed to be your father so it's really really vague and they explain that more when you get to the end of the game um there are some boss battles in there um just before i got to my sort of my final destination i had this huge whale boss battle which was kind of strange but cool at the same time yeah so for some reason a lot of the animal of the boss battles are like animals so it's like a strange mutated tiger or lion and it's like this huge whale this was like a flying super whale so it was really strange yeah i don't know where the inspiration came for that um but it's really cool um I don't want to touch a lot about what it's because it's kind of spoilery-ish in there. But I would definitely recommend people to play it. As I've said it before, I bought it for 30 bucks. It's well spent, though, 30 bucks. Um, I think I would have bought it for 60 bucks if I had known what it is now. So, like, when it came out, I said, like, I don't know if I want to spend 60 bucks on it because you don't really get a sense for what it is. And you hear everybody talking about, it's a mailman, you're a mailman. But, like, there's more to it. Um, yeah, but it was a Kojima game, right? So you, you eventually you, you knew it's going to be a strange game, but it was yeah. going to be breathtaking when yeah. it comes to views, but also oh like God. twists yeah. and turns. Yeah, Kojima yeah. is known for for those at least those three things. So yeah, yeah, it's more that I think that I expected it to be kind of like a horror Metal Gear. And it's mm. anything but that. So there's not a lot of emphasis on combat, but more on exploration. Um, and yes, it is amazing. You can literally go everywhere. So um, you can go either. And that's so cool about the game. There's such a big variety in environments. So you have these lush green uh, environments. You have these really great, gritty, rocky environments. You have snow-covered mountains that you can go up into. You have this, this acidic tar pit. You have ravines that you can go in and you can literally go and stand everywhere and that, that's what makes it so amazing there are basically no boundaries to where you can go reminds um, me that's, of zelda it, it in a way is zelda yeah, yeah. it is it is kind of like breath of the wild yeah kind of yeah like, yeah and it's uh, like uh, a really really pretty breath of the wild yeah so you have your breath of the wild for the playstation 4 
Yeah, but <laughs> it's still not the same, you know. I, I like the com- I like more combat. So I played that. Um, I've started playing Days Gone because I bought Days Gone last year. I played like an hour, and then other stuff came up, and I didn't play it. So I started all over again. Um, I'm in, I think, 10, 20 hours. I don't know. Um, it's a fun game. I also bought that game for thirty bucks. Um, there are some small bits there that annoy me. So, for example, um, your character, and I think that's the as far as the story unfolds, you'll learn more about it. But your character's really this, this he ha- there's something wrong, and he has all this rage in himself or all this frustration, and you really notice that. So, like when you're when you're on your bike, you have a walk talkie with you at all times. So you work for different camps as you discover them. You can do jobs for them, like such as bounty hunting or main missions. And then they radio you in. And every time this certain guy radios you in, your character is re- acting really sarcastic, really frustrated uh, towards him. And I'm like, okay, but this is getting pretty boring if you constantly keep um, responding like this. Um, it is cool that there are freakers. So kind of like, they're not really zombies, but they look like zombies. And there are hordes. So there are literally hundreds of these freakers together. And they can swarm you. So sometimes you're just walking around or driving around on your bike. And then all of a sudden, you don't expect it. You see this huge swarm of, of, of freakers coming at you. And then like, you can either run away or you can try to confront them. I've tried to confront one horde and I barely won. It's really hard to take them on. It kind of feels like World War Z when, they, when the swarm comes at you. So it's really, really creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, the missions are a little bit repetitive. As far as I've noticed, so like the side missions, such as bounty hunting, is basically go find, drive up to one point, kill this guy, bring proof of that you killed the guy back to us, and that's basically it. Or um, go find me an item in that village or there because I need it for something in the game. So in some cases, the missions are a bit repetitive, the side missions, uh, and the characters are a little bit bland. There was this part in which I was just driving around and I heard somebody screaming, help me, help me. And it was this guy stuck in a car being attacked by these freakers. So I saved the guy and his face was so expressionless. It felt like a character out of Skyrim, you know, like, (laughs) oh no, your mother died. Oh, that's so bad. Oh, so like the guy looked so expressionless, like, like, wow, I actually regret saving you. If I could, I would put a bullet in your brain right now because you're just so (laughs) not worth saving your life, you know? Yeah, I'm pretty harsh. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna make it worth my time to save your ass. I mean, come on, it's the apocalypse, man. Be, yeah. at least, be pretty at least, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, like be grateful. It's like, oh, thank you so much for saving me. Which camp yeah. should I go to right now? Okay, I'll go to that camp. Thank you. Like, no, Dude. there's no thing in there. There's no gratitude in there. Um, I'm also. And I think we mentioned this in the last regular episode that Warzone was coming out. So Warzone dropped. In the two weeks that it's out, it has accumulated over 30 million users, which is pretty unique. Um, It's a free-to-play standalone game, so you can play it on (laughs) Oh, do tell us what's bothering you. Yeah. See, that's the fun thing that they don't tell you about the game. They say it's a standalone game, which it is. Like, if you download it, you don't have to do anything else. But they also put on the page that it's a 10 gigabyte download, which it's not, because it's the full game, including Warzone. So if you just want to play Warzone, 
and you don't have the space for it, like I did, you have to clean up your PlayStation 4 space so that you can download the nearly 100 gigabytes of the whole game, including Warzone. I get, I get that, but uh, uh, like, you're always complaining that your PS4 hard drive is full because you still live with the stock 500 gigabytes and you need to upgrade it. I know. I've been looking into it. Yeah, but, uh, I know. I'll, I'll, I'll order one uh, when you have the time now. I, yeah, it's not like you have something time better. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 yeah, but I'm still not sure if I'm gonna get an external or an internal one. I'll, I'll have to figure that out. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, Warzone's really fun. I, it's been a long time since I've played a battle royale game, and it's really fun. That I will admit, it is really fun. Yeah, we even played a game, a couple of games together, and it was mm-hmm. it's really fun. It, it's it feels like a complete experience. It Just is. to be, I, I don't have Warzone, I don't play Call of Duty, but do you need a PS Plus subscription for it or not? On the so apparently no. no. But on Xbox, you do need Xbox do. Live Gold. <laughs> <laughs> That's always with these things. It's a that good is so weird. Microsoft Gamer. <laughs> yeah. Or PC, man. Because you yeah. never have to pay but, for a PC. Yeah, yeah but, yeah. but they had, of course, until I think 2017... Uh, Call of Duty was always a, an Xbox exclusive first in first game and whatever, yep. and then they switched to PlayStation. So, if it was this, it was the same situation four or five years ago. It would have been like, yeah, it's free on Xbox, but you have to pay for PlayStation. So, it's yep. apples and whatever. Yep. But I but think anyways, I'm gonna download it. Yeah. I'm gonna download it. I think next of the coming days, and uh, I'm gonna see if uh, if I can enjoy. If it you're gonna another... play on PlayStation, let us know. We can maybe form a squad. Even if you download it on Xbox, let's try it that way and see if that works. Oh, mean, we've crossplay. Yeah, I mean, we've seen crossplay work with PC gamers. I don't think we've ever seen Xbox players. Even, even, if we, even if we did, we wouldn't have noticed because Maybe they were going to mix it up. Team, but we, yeah. You can play I'm on PC. I'm curious if that would work. The way we could do is like you pay on PS4, I'll play on PC, and then Gizmo can play on Xbox and see if that works. Yeah. Yeah. And if not, then we switch back to PlayStation 4 because, yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a really fun game. It's really complete. It's been a while since I've played Battle Royale. And it's like you can... Uh, the, you hate it, but it's really fun. If you die, you go to the Gulag. And then you have... Like, I don't this, hate it. I just thought it was like this weird thing. I, I think it's a really good concept. I just thought it was really funny when I first heard it. A friend of mine doesn't call it the Gulag. He called it the Gulag. I'm like, that's something else, man. That's like... a dish i believe it's a dish yeah it's delicious though but <laughs> i've never had it uh, you can wow. go into the gulag and you can if you you have a one-on-one battle and if you win that one-on-one battle you can go out into the game so kind of you respawn besides that your friends can respawn you if they have enough money um the gulag closes after 20 minutes i found out today so uh, oh okay there's a set time limit yeah. not a yeah. specific oh but by 20 minutes then the circle is like really small it's really right? small yeah. yeah yeah and it's cool that you can bring loadouts into the game so if you customize your loadout that you use a regular multiplayer you can carry this over to the to the war zone you just have to have six thousand dollars in money and then you can do a war a loadout drop and you can just pick <laughs> your loadout get all your perks your weapons customization stuff like that um it's really nice um it feels like Call of Duty. For, for me, it's a little bit of adjustment because I only play hardcore. And with hardcore, it's almost one shot, one kill. So mm-hmm. here, I 
have to keep on firing until I know that the guy's dead instead of shooting him twice and think, oh, no, I got him. Um, oh, okay. And yeah, it just, I've also played it on PC. It looks, it looks good on PlayStation, but on PC, it's like, oh my God, 4K, 60 FPS. Oh my God, it looks so pretty. <laughs> Better yeah. than that dude from Days Gone. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they should have asked me to be that. You know, I, I mean, I could have thought, be like, yeah, thank you so much for saving me. Oh, I'm so grateful. You know, <laughs> something like that instead of, oh, thank you. So, which camp should I go? Oh, I'll have to go. <laughs> and on that note, what have you been playing, Maximilian? Enlighten yes. us. Well, uh, we know. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to try and keep it as brief as possible because otherwise we'll be here till next week. But um, I, you know as what? I, said, I don't understand. How is it possible that you can talk about one game for so long? I've never understood that. Hey man, it's it's if it if the game's good, the game's good. Yeah, but like you, you can talk about it for ten it. minutes, and then it's like, but you can like if you can talk to about this game for like hours, I'm like, whoa, that's really. <laughs> if we wouldn't stop you, there would be no end to this show. <laughs> Infinity. <laughs> Yeah, that's why we have time limits. <laughs> but yes. um, before my time limit runs out, um, as I said before in the news segment, I was able to get Animal Crossing a few days earlier. Um, so that means that I got an additional three days on most people who got it on Friday because they either downloaded the game or ordered it online. Um, so yeah, I've been playing it for six, five five days now um i'm on day five and i'm just loving it like it's so much fun to just walk around your island and chop trees and gather fruit and mingle with the animals but with it being on switch right now you can play it on your tv so it's so pretty oh my goodness it's the prettiest animal crossing considering where animal crossing started from as a port of a um n64 game to gamecube yeah you can imagine how blocky that game looked and it looked super blocky for years until the 3ds version which was not blocky but still a low resolution and now we have it in full glorious hd 1080p and it's so pretty and it's so relaxing just like whenever i jump into a session of animal crossing it's four hours later because i can tell us what animal crossing is basically about because i've never played a game me neither so for the for the people that don't know what animal crossing is animal crossing is a life sim game where you you're this you're a villager that moves into this village um that is populated by animals and you're you just move there to live your life so you can do whatever you want in the game. You can chill out. You can catch bugs. You can um, go fishing. You can chop down trees. You can make your town look nice. Um, you are in indentured servitude to a tanuki called Tom Nook. But who, I, have, um, I have no idea what you just said. You don't know what a what you don't know what a tanuki is. No. Yeah. Oh, um, it's a ra- uh, it's a raccoon dog. They're very common in Japan. So, like, if you if 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 you've played um, Mario? at the very least Super Mario Brothers three, um, the Tanuki suit that's where that's from. 
So like with the foxy tail, is that it? It's with the raccoon tail, yeah. Got that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the one that yeah, makes him fly, right? Yeah, the one that makes yeah, you fly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, yes, yeah. you know, you know. Yeah, okay. Um, That's fly. Well, no, not really. Only in Super Mario, um, not in Animal Crossing, because this one is an actual Tanuki who just um, he started off as a slum lord, um, to put it mildly. But in uh, over the over the years and over the games, he's been more friendlier, and he's become like this entrepreneur. So this is this this deserted island getaway package. And you all arrive on this island, and it's a deserted island, so you have to set up a tent where you're going to be living. Um, and you have to set up for the other villagers as well. There are two additional animal villagers that come along with you in the beginning. And um, it's up to you to make the island more livable. Um, yeah, you can dig around for fossils, um, and you can just do whatever you want. Do it at your own pace. You don't have to speed it up like some people do. Um, I just do it day by day um, because it uses a real-time clock. So if it's 5 o'clock here, it's 5 o'clock in the game, um, which, by the way, Sunrise in Animal Crossing and Sunset in Animal Crossing New Horizons is really pretty. Like, it looks like the, the, the oranges of the sunrise and like the the sun rises very gradually as well, like in real life. So that ha- it has that for it. So you don't have to um, go outside anymore at all to experience no, outside I, life. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> Why you say that? But um, yeah, I mean you don't have to. It you can experience so it in Animal Crossing. <laughs> um, but yeah, the fun thing, of course, is that you can open the gates to your uh, to your town, and people can f- actually fly in on a plane and come and visit you at your time. So I've had uh, friends come over, um, you know, sharing their their stuff with me and just just talking and just asking each other, you know, how have you been holding up during this. Uh, this quarantine stuff and oh yeah i got this this animal and they want this furniture and i got this recipe for a new furniture and what furniture do you have what food do you have and yeah <laughs> what up uh, gizmo how do you need a recipe for furniture ah, normally you good. need like a, a how-to guide <laughs> well i say a recipe but um yeah the the appropriate term is uh, DIY um, instructions because for the first time ever you can actually make your own furniture in Animal Crossing. In the past you always had to buy it and the 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 furniture changes every day in the store. But now besides that you can actually make your own furniture. So you have this DIY workbench where you can make it and you can only make this stuff if you have the DIY um, uh, blueprints so with the blueprints you learn it you can make it Uh and i've been making a lot of furniture (laughs) but this is the first time in a really long time that i've been playing animal crossing that from the earliest outset my house looks really nice because i always have this idea of what i want my house to look like and 
it never looks that good in the beginning. It always takes me months to have a decent looking house. And now I have an actual really good looking house. Um, so yeah, um, I've been doing that for the past couple of days mostly. But before that came out, um, they dropped the demo for Trials of Mana. And Sean, you know um, that I'm a big fan of the Mana of Oh Mana my titles. god, he won't shut up about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, like, I've mentioned this before. When they, when they announced Trials of Mana at last year's E3... I was literally in tears oh my because God. I never because I never thought the day that a I'd be playing a legitimate version of Trials of Mana that was officially localized and that they would also be releasing a remake, not a remaster or not that crap that they did to Secret of Mana, which I still find one of the most insulting things that Square Enix has done this generation. But giving it like a proper treatment of a remake, oh man, like Trials of Mana looks so good on Switch. It has some weird animation hiccups during cutscenes, but the gameplay is super smooth. They redid the gameplay. Um, unfortunately, it's now single player and not multiplayer like the original game, but it's fine because you can still switch characters. You have a team of uh, of three. You have your main character. And you can choose two other side characters that come on your quest. And you have, I think, a total of six characters that you can choose from. So it also invites multiple playthroughs because everyone's story is different. Um, the goal is the same, is to get the Mana Sword, which is the, the MacGuffin of this game. Um, but everybody has their own um, story as to why they're going on this quest uh, for themselves. So um, the demo also transfers the save file. So if you have a Switch or a PlayStation 4, because it's also coming to PlayStation 4, or Steam, so if you have a PC, which I'm assuming most people do, you can download the game, the, down, the demo for free, try out the first part, defeat the first boss, and the save file transfers to the full game. Nice. Yeah. So that's what I've been playing. Okay. Nice. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and I got it in the time limit, so... Yay. Yes! <laughs> yes! And on that note, we'll be right back with our hidden gem. And welcome back to our final segment, which is called the Hidden Gems. Um, what? No. So... Hidden Gem. <laughs> ah, see, I got you to do it. <laughs> Mission yeah, I can't do it like you can, so maybe you should just do it like you always do it. All right. So it's time for our Hidden Gems. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, I should have done it on, on a Days Gone way. In yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're so happy to do this. Oh, I love talking about uh, my hidden gems. So cool. So, Gizomar, what is your hidden gem? Um, yeah, I know. Um, Sean's not gonna like it, but it's gonna be a Game Boy Advance game. Um, oh my god! Ooh, okay. <laughs> and um, it is an RPG. Uh, in the style of Pokemon, but it's centered on Metabots. I don't know if you guys remember that uh, series on on TV, but it was like uh, a kid, a kid got a 
yeah, a kid got a ro robot, but to activate the robot, you had to have a certain medal, and um, that kid got a, a very special medal all of a sudden. Oh, I remember Metabots! Yeah. Yeah. Oh, now he remembers. I had yeah. boys around Metabots! No, seriously? Yeah! <laughs> what? Yeah. What are you wow, that is not something that I did expected you to say. Just the wow, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah. I just watched the show and like played the games, and, like that's it. Yeah. I like Metabots, man. Because yeah. you could okay. with the toys, you could just like in the TV show, you could swap out parts. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, you could just like pull oh, off an cool. arm and put on a different arm or a head, and that was really cool, man. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but uh, continue, uh, Gizmo. So yeah, one of my hidden gems is Metabots. Uh, apparently, John Templar had toys from them, so that's... <laughs> yeah, but, man, uh... I love this. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was like a, a Pokemon kind of game, so you had to collect different robots, different medals, but there was also tactical... Different parts. Different parts, that, that's, that was what I'm getting at. You had to be tactical about how you um, made your team and which parts of each robot you had to use against a certain enemy and that was kind of um interesting to 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 have it uh included in a game if you if you were uh used to pokemon you had a team of six pokemon with different abilities and then that was it you didn't have any tactical advantages within those pokemon yeah maybe a bit of which which moves you had but with with the metabots game it was like you had one skeleton but you could have had Four different robots onto that skeleton just to optimize your team for the specific uh, enemy you had at that moment, and that was uh, that was something that was you could change it every 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 segment of the game, and that was really uh, yeah, that was really uh, special to to experience when you were only uh, uh, used to a game like Pokemon. And uh, yeah, it was on a it was yeah. on the Game Boy Advance, and it was pretty. It, it was it had good graphics for for that time. So uh, yeah, it was also surprisingly deep. Yeah, in terms of like game mechanics, because you also had to rely on the um, durability of the parts. So yeah. some parts would just like okay, this part is strong, but you can only use it for also, once. It's also weak, so. Um, if a well-placed hit from you from one of the enemies and that part will be unusable and you just have like this limpy limpy uh, ex, uh, um, endoskeleton uh, arm yeah <laughs> that's left because the part blew off and it's also just like the base arm that's left yeah, yeah. or the, the base head and then you had also the oh, fact that, that so you, weird. yeah that, that you had um, the medals you could uh, uh, yeah collect and if you had a certain special metal, your 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 robot would be so powerful. And of course, you started. You had two versions, like the Pokemon game. You had the Metabee version, which was the uh, the main character's uh, main robot in the series, and then you had the Rokusho, which was like the um, the rival. Uh, yeah, the rival. And um, each game had its exclusive set of parts, which were not available in one game or the other. Um, just like a, and the stories like, went a little bit different as well. Yeah, like because the Metabee version, you're not the main character; you're friends with the main character, 
and you're following them around. Yeah. And with the Rokusha version, it's basically the same thing. So you're following the the, the story perspectives from uh, Meta B or Rokusha, depending on which version that you were Yeah, playing. instead of um, the, the, the guy who was controlling them. That was really, yeah. Yeah, all, all things considered, it was a really fun game. I, I've lost so many hours in that game. Um, and yeah, it was, it was different than like the, yeah, the Pokemon and, uh, the, the Super Mario card and yeah, the, the normal titles you would play on a, on a, on a Game Boy. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I played it too back in the game and I remember having a lot of fun with that game. I played the, I played the Metabee version. Because of course I did, because I'm basic. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I had a lot of fun too. So I totally, I, I see why you would choose that as um, as a game to play. Um, yeah. The question then remains is that, is this a game that people would still be able to play? So basically, I just looked it up on the Nintendo side and you're, you're able to buy it if you do have a Wii U. I don't know if it's, available through virtual console on on switch i hopefully they will implement like what they did with the nes and the virtual console has been replaced with the nintendo switch online catalog thing so So, unless they also add one for game boy advance games to nintendo switch online i don't think so but yeah let's um, hope for that if Uh, you still have a wii u somewhere um Dig it out of storage, hook it up to online and just download it from the virtual console or or if you have a game boy advance you just by uh, look on uh, Craigslist or Markplatz or or at your local game shop uh, and and see if they still have the cartridge because yeah it's really or eBay it's, or eBay it's really fun game to to play and uh, as as John uh, Maximilian mentioned it had so much underlying tactical um, game game mechanics that you you're not done playing it just once so that yeah that. Well, thank you for sharing, uh, yeah. Gizmo. You're welcome. Um, and here uh, I was hoping bringing this special guest on, we would talk about something not Nintendo related. But hey, <laughs> for this time, I'm giving you a free pass. Yeah. Well, <laughs> lucky for you. Lucky, lucky for you, Sean. Mine is not Nintendo related. Oh <gasps> my God! Stop oh. the presses. This is not possible. <laughs> it is possible. I've done it in the past. Don't headlines. Be headlines. <laughs> <laughs> no. This is even more bigger news than a vaccine for uh no that's that's <laughs> no no it's no. not no it's not. No. no it's but um yeah it is well I don't know if it's a you know what screw it I'm just going to talk about it so my hidden gem is parasite eve um if you haven't heard of it parasite eve is a squaresoft back when they were still squaresoft uh game for the PlayStation 1 it's what you would, of course, think of it. It's an uh, action JR. Well, it's an action-ish turn-based JRPG. Um, a lot of the main guys from back in the day worked on this. Um, so people that worked on Final Fantasy VII, uh, Final Fantasy VI, and stuff like that. Um, Tetsuya Nomura did the art design, uh, or the character design for uh, Parasite Eve as well. And you can, like, if you look at the art design for the manuals and stuff like that, you can really tell that it's a Nomura game. Like, it's Nomura's artwork. Um, And it is a very, it's one of those unique JRPGs in that 
you still have the battles occur um, in semi-randomly. It kind of reminds me of uh, Chrono Trigger, where you see the enemies and then you go into this um, sort of sphere. You don't transition. There's no like Final Fantasy-style transition. You just transition into a battle mode and you're in the same environment and you're walking around and you're shooting the enemies because it takes place in the 90s New York. I wouldn't say contemporary because, you know, it's not, um, you know, current contemporary. Um, but yeah, it takes place in New York. You play as this character called Ayabrea and she's a cop who is in New York on Christmas Eve on a blind date sure um and then they're at the opera and the opera singer just starts mutating and weird stuff starts starts happening and people start bursting into flames and uh, there's a lot of mm, i want to say there's a lot of bard body horror in this game (laughs) so uh yeah there's that but the game itself is really cool and really intriguing. It has voice. Wait, does it does it have voice acting? Oh crap! It's been a while. Um, I think there is some very light voice acting in there. Um, mostly in the cutscenes, um, like the opera singer actually sings. Um, but yeah, so the opera singer is this is a person who gets infected with this weird thing called um, mitochondrial Eve hence the title Parasite Eve which takes over her body and she's basically the main baddie of the game and you have to stop her from um, from spreading uh, her mutation around because as more as her mutation spreads the more um, the more people more creatures get infected so while everybody is trying to get the H out of the opera theater, you as Ayabrea are are a cop and you're like, oh, okay, weird stuff is happening. My date just ran out, so let me just investigate what's going on. So she goes backstage and the first thing that you come across is a rat that instantly starts mutating and its flesh starts melting and it turns into this giant rat creature and you have to use your weapon. So, you know, as a New York City police officer, you're always trapping your gun, even if you go on a date, apparently. Um, okay. And it turns into this kind of turn-based... America. um ...tactical um, <laughs> RPG uh, where you still have a, a, a time a time battle mechanic where you have, a, you have um, a gauge that runs up, just like any other Final Fantasy game. And then when you're your gauge is full, then you can take an action. Then you can either attack or defend, or um, later in the game, you gain super normal abilities um, because apparently you also have this um, parasite, but instead of it making you evil and want to turn everything into a blobby, gross mess, you actually can use your abilities against... um, the the enemies of the game and of course the main baddie and it's a really it's a really nice looking game like the character proportions are realistic like in final fantasy 8 um 
I, this was before Final Fantasy VIII, so this is the first time that Square Enix put out a game with realistic-looking people in it. And the point of this, of, of course, is to stop the spread, and it gets worse. And you go to, you know, interesting locales. You go to Central Park. Um, you go to that, uh, like they have to cordon off all of Manhattan, so you're mostly on Manhattan, going from place to place, as the story dictates. And yeah, it's like I don't want to go into it anymore because otherwise it goes into spoiler territory. But um, uh, bless you, Desmond. Uh, Thank you. And um, I saw that the game was produced by Hironobu Sakaguchi. Yes, now it it's really strange that I bring up that name because I rarely bring up Japanese developers or stuff like that. It so happened to be that I know that Hironobu Sakaguchi is founder of Mistwalker and he did a lot of those Xbox 360 exclusive games back in the time that Xbox 360 He's was trying to... also the founder to... of Final Fantasy. That as well, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, I remember This that... was, by the way, the first time that he did not direct a JRPG. Yeah, he was a producer, this is the first. Believe. This is the first time that he's producing. So basically, yeah. from Parasite Eve onwards, he's only producing uh, RPGs at, at Square. <clears throat> so like Final Fantasy VIII and stuff like that, he produced instead of directed. Yeah, yeah, that's really nice. I did not know that. Yeah, so like a lot of people from the Final Fantasy games also worked on this. People from Chrono Trigger worked on this. Um, and it's actually based on a Japanese novel of the same name, which a year later would get a um, theatrical release. So there's actually a movie that uh, that the story revolves around. But Parasite Eve, the video game, is technically a sequel to Parasite Eve, the novel slash movie. Good to know. So if you've read the if you've read the novel or if you've seen the movie, um, it'll oh, take place. Uh, the game takes place after that those events. So yeah, it's it's super weird. Um, if you if you like, it is on PlayStation Network. So if you have a PlayStation uh, Three or PlayStation Vita, you can buy it on there. Um, I'd say get it while you can because, again, it was based on uh, a book and it took a really long time for it to finally show up on, on PSN because of the rights, because the, the novelist actually held the rights to the game for a while. So it took them a lot of time to finally get the rights to digitally distribute um, the Parasite Eve, the first game and the second game. Um, there are three games in this in this franchise. The third game is not called Parasite Eve. It's called The Third Birthday, and it's a PSP exclusive. It started out as a mobile game, but things happened, and then they had to push it to PSP. And the reason why it's called The Third Birthday instead of Parasite Eve 3 is because they lost the rights to the title, but they still own the rights to the characters because the characters are unique to the video game franchise. So they had to rename it the third per- birthday, but from what I've heard, the third birthday is best skipped because it's really like it's even more weird than the first two games. Huh. Okay. Yeah, but the first game, total recommend. Get it on Vita. Get it on PlayStation Three if you have that still hooked up, and just enjoy a weird, freaky um, JRPG that is not Final Fantasy. <laughs> Yay! And not Nintendo. And not Nintendo. Yay! <laughs> Didn't have better. to run that then, but sure. 
sounds like uh, the PlayStation kind of does have the best JRPGs, even though I don't play them. Moving <laughs> on. <laughs> Sean Templar, what is your hidden gem? My hidden gem is an unconventional game for myself because people that know me know that I'm completely not into horror. I almost despise it. But for some reason, I don't know why I played this game, but my de- my game is uh, Dead Space. Woo! Wow. It's a <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's a game developed by EA or published by EA, developed by Visceral, Visceral Interactive. Visceral I games. Mean, Visceral games. Visceral games. Rest in, rest in peace, Visceral games. Yeah, Visceral games. Um, so it basically revolves around. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a bummer that the guys are gone. They were working on a Star Wars game before they went. Uh, they were shut down. And Medal of Honor also. Um, so, uh, is I don't know. Have, has anyone seen the movie Event Horizon? Or maybe like Alien or stuff like that? Mm-hmm. I've seen bits of Event Horizon. I've also seen... I've only seen Alien once. Okay, so like it's, it's almost like a, a, a proper alien slash event horizon game in which that you play as a character i believe he was called isaac Isaac. um yeah he's an uh an engineer on the ship and stuff just goes wrong um and you hear you don't know what's what's actually going on so you're kind of exploring and before you know it you see it looks like monsters mute human humans mutated into monsters it's not like that they're they're walking, they're crawling, and they're this hideous, ugly, ugly monstrosity. Um, and so you just have to kind of like puzzle your way through the story and complete certain missions. There's a lot of jump scares in there. Um, you don't have conventional weapons. You kind of use your uh, engineer weapons to um, cut off basically their chop off limbs. Yeah, yeah, cut off their limbs. Isaac is an engineer, not a soldier. Yeah, yeah. yeah so you cut off their limbs, and that's how kind of how you kill them. Actually, no, he's a miner. Sorry, is he? A no, miner? he's an, an he's an engineer. No, he's an engineer. And okay. and yeah. the, the story is like he's going to that ship because his wife is on that ship because that ship yeah. had a distress call, and that part with his wife is so effing. F- yeah, it's. I never yeah. finished the game. Um, oh, I did. I actually and don't know so why good. I finished the game. I think I have it on Origin, so I might actually pick it up if I can find the courage. Uh, <laughs> uh, do we do we need well, to I... hold your hands? Maybe. Uh, do, do, do do we do we need to uh, accompany you through the scary game? Maybe I should do a live stream or something like that. I don't know. But and then uh, maybe the audience can hold your hand too. Yeah, <laughs> always big happy family going through this horrible game. But it's I for at the time it was this pretty <clears throat> unique horror game because um, one people didn't expect EA to bring out such a game. Uh, secondly, it had these. I love the way the story was told because somewhere in there your characters also kind of having these hallucinations or these. Yeah, so you're you're starting to doubt like what's real and what's not. Uh, so they really play from the psychological perspective. They really kind of mess up your brain. Um, the part around you know, upgrading your character and your weapons and stuff like that was in there. It was a pretty complete experience. And also that it almost had no HUD, for example. So you would see your life was basically like this meter on your back. So yeah. it looked like it's part of your armor. So that's a really... It, it, made sure that the game wasn't cluttered with all these menus and hot thingies and even if you i think 
you couldn't even pause the game. If you would hit the no, pause button, pause. you would just go into your inventory, but the game would still go on, so you can't even pause the game. Yeah, it was but very immersive, how... yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, they really, really did that well. Um, they brought out two sequels. Um, I didn't play those, but I heard that they weren't as good as, as the first one because... Two sequels and a prequel. Oh, they also did a prequel. Yeah. It was a Wii, Wii exclusive. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was Unreal. Which I played. That... that unreal shooter but it was really good it looked really good and that stuff was scary yeah, yeah that's, that's good yeah, yeah so it, le it leads up to the it leads up to the beginning of dead space one oh. so i basically like you're playing as uh, you're playing as multiple characters but the last character that you're playing with is actually accompanying isaac's wife to the ship mm. for when they're gonna do the initial investigation where isaac lays her ghost oh, okay. yeah yeah and so yeah I heard that the, the second and the third game were more action-focused, more shooter-focused, uh, and it kind of strayed away from what the first one, what made the first one really unique. Um, the Avian introduced co-op in the second or the third one, which the third is a little one. bit forced. Yeah, yeah so, um, and it's also that at least for, I, I don't know, but at the time it felt like they were bringing out the sequels in rapid succession, so really close to each other. So I felt that there wasn't really a lot of time to innovate and to kind of come up with new mechanics. It was just more like adding on top of what they already had. Um, it's a real bummer because, you know, it, when it came out at the time, it was really something unique. Um, it caught the uh, industry kind of by surprise. Yeah, and ju just to, yeah. to uh, add to that, the, the third game was really action-oriented. I've played all three of them and... Um, it, it was still a horror game in essence, but uh, the action was a bit laid on top of it too thick. But um, what they did, what they did capture very good was the continuation of the story. So why it, it wasn't it wasn't an isolated thing, and and that that was the the only reason that I played all the other games was like I want to see how this story ends, um, and. Yeah, eventually it, it does give you a, an ending that could be satisfactory for one, but you can also have like, eh, really, is it this? But uh, yeah, but what you said is like when you when you first start the Dead Space One and and like you you you're not there's nobody holding your hand how to get to there. There's no there's no um, yeah. uh, how you said tutorial. It's like you get there and everything is effed up and you don't know yep. how you, and you don't know why and there you know, one of the the best things in that game is like you see tidbits of hints like at, at i think maybe five minutes into the game you walk into a room and you see a lot of blood and gore and you see on the wall scribbles like cut off their limbs and that's the part where you get your first engineering tool i'm like okay let's try that and then you see and that was also very good like when you uh, you could reverse the angle of your your cutting tool right so you could yeah. just saw off the arms or the legs or the heads and that was like holy what the hell how did you come up with this game mechanic like if the angle is wrong you just cut off like the pinky of the arm but it was still lethal to you so it's like i shoot you and you're like dying there still because your <laughs> angle wasn't, wasn't good enough like but and those jump scares like just oh, yeah it was like there's there were some sequels like you think okay this is gonna be there you see a shadow and like you hear you hear something yeah like, okay in 
in five seconds a jump scare will come and then it's like no no it's in five seconds it's in seven seconds like you know oh it's not there and about it's still there like ah yeah oh my god <laughs> uh i remember this part you're, in you're, which this okay dude <laughs> yeah but I, like, I remember this part in which i'm walking through this corridor and there's a lot of smoke in that corridor and i need to go to this platform and then I'm just walking slowly down the corridor, knowing that there's going to be a jump scare and nothing happens. I'm like, okay, but this is strange because this is like the perfect setting and there's smoke and you're hearing sounds and there's shadows and nothing happens. And on the way back in the same corridor, I get attacked and jumped. And that's where I freaked out. I'm like, oh my God, because, you know, they're setting you up for that moment. You're like, okay, it's going to happen. You're, you're on the edge of your seat ready to jump up and it doesn't happen. And then it grabs you in the moment that you least expect it. And that's what's really cool about it. Um, I see that I have the first one and the third one on Origin. I don't know why I don't have the second one. Um, the second fun one fact is, about the is game good. is that... Okay, well, I think I'm, I'm, I might I might try it. I don't know. To, There's one uh, sequence in the second game. It's going to crawl under your skin. It's like, I think if you look up 10, uh, top 10 most scary moments in horror games, this moment is, is in the top three or something. It's, it has to do something with an eye. That's the only thing I'm ah, going to I've seen that. Oh, my God. That's so nasty. <laughs> I've yeah. seen that one. I was about to say, it's probably the eye one. Oh, my God. Yeah, nice it's going, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you wigged them out. <laughs> oh, fun fact about the game. and I'm going to leave that there. Um, the, ga the creators of the game are Glenn Schofield and Michael Condray. That might not say anything, but those are the guys that... I believe they found it. They left EA. They found it Sledgehammer, and they're now working on Call of Duty games, which is like a completely different thing than yeah. what they well, came that's up with. That's disappointing. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, they did uh, uh, Advanced Warfare, Call of Duty Black Ops, World War II. Um, so yeah, they did a couple of Call of Duty games with their studio. I'm just looking. Oh yeah, and and. Special games and also Dante's Inferno, which was a good game. Yeah, it was compared to um, God of War a lot, but it was a really good game. Yeah. yeah. They also did uh, Battlefield Hardline, which was uh, fortunately uh, not, that not good. so good of a game. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> they did Sims 3 Ambitions. Oh my God. Oh, that's oh, it. Oh, yes. Whoopee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Awesome. And Lord of the Rings. They actually did a lot of Tim. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's well, a shame that that's they went bankrupt. Yeah. Um, they, they were done. They, they were. They didn't go bankrupt. EA just said, "Yeah, we're done with you." Yeah, EA closed them down. They were working on the, that Star Wars game. Uh, yeah, thirteen, thirteen. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then they shut it down, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Oh well. <laughs> Oh well. Yeah. Um, I think uh, that's it. I think yeah. so. You want to take us okay. out? Sure. Um, thank you guys so much for listening, as always. Um, you can uh, always find us on uh, Anchor uh, or on whatever <laughs> podcasting service that you use on Apple Podcast, uh, Google Play Podcast, Stitcher, Overcast, uh, Pocket Cast, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, you can always find us on Twitter, uh, which is game underscore rivals underscore. Um, you can find me on at Maximilian. Um, Gizmo, do you have a Twitter handle? Yes. 
but not going to share it. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 fair. That's fair. Um, because you know Sean Temper doesn't have a Twitter at all. Um, yeah, I like to be you know the social distancing part. I think is really serious. So I like to be <laughs> solitary. You know, yeah. uh, you did that like yeah. in you advance, like so well. ten years ago. For years. I've been preaching that it's gonna happen, but nobody listened. So now it's finally here. <laughs> you can also find us on Instagram at Game Rivals, all one word. Uh, you can find us on YouTube. You can find the link in the description. You can also leave us a voice message. Um, you don't need to make an anchor account for that. The link is also in the description for that. Um, and don't forget to uh, like us and give us five-star reviews on uh, on your podcasting platform of choice because that way more people can find out about us. Don't forget to mention us to your uh, friends and family who would love to, lift, to listen to, uh, to a bunch of Dutch uh, guys uh, talking about gaming uh, for about an hour and a half. So uh, it's not that we have something. Uh, no, I think that's it. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. also give us feedback on our email, which is gamerivalsfeedback at gmail.com. Yep. So, uh, Gizmo, thank you all. How did you find your how How did you find your first episode uh, with us? Yeah, it was fun to do. It's really, really fun <laughs> to share thoughts. That was about... an awkward silence in there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's really. Fun to do because uh, yeah, you, you get to share your 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 views about um, current games and and everything that's that's happening in in, in the gaming community, and um, yeah, the, the you really have to think about what it uh, it means to yourself, but also what it means to other people, and um, yeah, this the segment about hidden gems is also uh, fun to think about. Like, what game did you play? Or what game do you think you have to share with the world? And uh, yeah, it's really it's really refreshing to do it. So thanks for having me, and uh, maybe uh, until next time. Yeah, definitely. Um, we enjoyed having you on. I hope the, that our listeners also enjoyed uh, your opinions, your reviews uh, as well. And um, yeah, hopefully we can have you again on uh, when we have more cool uh, news uh, on the horizon in terms of video games. Sean Templer, anything you want to add? I just want to thank Gizmo for participating. I can imagine that sometimes this can be a little bit, I wouldn't say scary, but maybe a little bit nervous. A, bit, uh, a little bit intimidating. Yeah, so thank you so much. You're so intimidating. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he is. He uh, really is. Is that I shaved, otherwise I look like a caveman. So, uh, you know, so isolation does that to you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. No, but I just want to thank you. Uh, thank you for participating. Um, I hope you had fun. We had fun. Um, and yeah, maybe until next time. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Thanks again. And good luck. Yeah, thanks. So, um, as we sign off, this is Maximilian X. I'm still Sean Templer. And still Gizmo. <laughs> and we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>